Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got holes on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. In the booth, back on a Monday. Dino Babers, we'll hear about him later, talking about a late summer. He's become the weatherman. He's not wrong about that. It will continue to be uh, summer-like conditions here in central New York. Certainly that was not uh, unnoticed. Saturday in the Dome, huge win for the Cuse against Florida State. Orange actually popping into the very bottom, that lower paragraph, just under the AP poll ranking, receiving votes. For the first time in a long time, the Orange haven't actually been in the top 25 since 2001 and have every right at this point to, uh, if they take care of business, uh, not be in the polls necessarily a week from today, but uh, to be 4-0, and it'd be the first time since 1991. The Orange will be heavily favored this coming weekend against a Connecticut team that has had a tough go defensively. They're starting seven freshmen on defense, and their stats look like it. They are giving up on the order of 700 yards per game, and that is uh, not a recipe for success. Allowed 49 to Rhode Island on Saturday. But we're not here to talk about Connecticut so much today. We're here to build up to that game, come off of the uh, Florida State game as well, and get the uh, tone set for the week. Joe Morris will have his uniform number 47 honored on Saturday among the festivities that we are working up to. Not an ACC game, but a former Big East opponent, coming into the Carrier Dome. Out and about around the town yesterday at a community charity event to uh, get the reaction of the uh, of the people a little bit. People were fired up about the win. Got me a little fired up by some of the takes and the way that people uh, phrase it and consume the product and all of that. I think we talked about it before. It's your right to uh, react the way you want and choose how you go about it, but uh, I always find it a bit interesting the way of starting – conversation for the most part other than yep big win bet you enjoyed yourself yesterday got a few of those and then you get well it was hot or even worse than it was hot I heard it was hot which means somebody is moaning about or bitching about conditions that didn't even apply to them if you didn't go to the game it was hot where you were too by the way it would have been hot outside okay the the, it wasn't hot and sticky on Saturday solely because a, there's a building in need of a facelift that you know is in the works, by the way. And there will come a time when it won't be that hot at games. But yeah, it was hot Saturday. And I'm here to tell you that it works. That the fact that it's hot might be unpleasant for some of us that are at the game, but that's what you signed up for. We're all not going to the prom afterwards, are we? Right? Polly, we talked about, he goes on a hot date occasionally after the game, but the rest of us, you know, you're there for the game. If you then have to shower before your festivities, well, you're like the players. You're in the fight. And it's absolutely proven that the Carrier Dome, a couple things are true about the Dome. 
it's proven to be a home field advantage in terms of sneaky, difficult conditions. Florida State practices in heat and humidity all the time. They have an indoor facility as well. But the way it is, the way that sort of drapes on you and around you, the way you feel kind of gross <laughs> in the dome, think about being 300 pounds. Think about having equipment on you and think about running up and down the field against an up-tempo offense. And in the end, Florida State wanted no part of it. Their players were dropping, uh, legitimately or not. Five and, nothing. It was yeah, five nothing cramps. at the end of the game, cramps, FSU won. <laughs> the fact of the matter is the home team, if it is cramping, we're not seeing it. And it doesn't appear as though they are. They're better conditioned for that situation. And it's not a coincidence when you see a defensive player drop. Now, I'm not saying that all, and I'm not even positive that I want to say any of the injuries um, were contrived, made up, faked, whatever. I will say that it sort of defies um, logic. I'm not a doctor, but to be completely incapacitated on the field to the point where you need uh, medical attention, the trainers to come out. Cramps, real legitimate cramps that football players get that bring you out of games are whole body type things. They seize up your muscles. For that to go away in the matter of 45 seconds and you only miss one play, that's probably not commonplace. You can make your own observations about that. But it's also part of why teams, and Florida State runs something similar, so it's not like it's a a one-sided thing necessarily. It's why teams like Syracuse run the offense they do. And I sit on the air during the game Saturday. I'm not accusing Florida State of faking injuries. I am saying they have an incredible knack of those injuries popping up just after Syracuse got big offensive chunk plays that were about to put Florida State in the red zone. That did appear to be perhaps one area where they were well-coached to execute a plan. There's a lot of ways teams go about doing it. Uh, There could be a rotation of three, four, five people, you know, who are up, so to speak, and when a certain signal is made from the sideline, it's that person's turn to be injured. Um, That's happened throughout football history. It's probably a little more commonplace with the proliferation of these uh, offensive Injuries. There's another one you might have a predetermined deal of. Hey, if uh, if they get into the into the red zone, or if it's a 30 yard gain into the red zone, and we're we're going to need some help to uh, rally the troops here, that might be the time that there's an injury. Anyway, I didn't want to spend the whole show on that, but I think um, those are among the things that happened. The thing I do want to spend the show on because we're not talking to Florida State here. We're not talking to other teams. I'm not talking to officials uh, for the time being. I am talking to the fans and the people that come. This whole idea, I'm just sick of hearing about how hot it is in the dome or what have you. Yeah, it's hot. It's kind of gross. And what I'm here to tell you is it's a good thing for the team. Dino Babers said as much today. And it's not, more importantly in terms of our attitude toward it, it's not anything that's changing right now. It is going to change. It's been that way for 40 years, 40. They are in the process of changing it, and we'll be able to sit in there in our shorts and our T-shirts or whatever. You want to wear a suit to the game because it's going to be a perfect 72 degrees in a couple of years? 
knock yourself out. But that doesn't need to be the takeaway of the game. And, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm sorry that it is. You know, if, if anybody had a, a poor experience at an historic game at the Dome because they got a little, little sweaty, a little schwitzy, sorry, that's right now it's the way it is. I think accommodations are made at the Dome to get over it, to do the best they can to get a fresh air break, whatever it might be. But uh, for where we are right now, the, the weather's bad enough in the winter. We talk about that. Let's not complain about how nice it is or how warm it is in the middle of September. And we're headed toward another week like that, I would think. And then probably after that, not going to be a concern. Coach said as much on your show last last week that he hopes that they install a uh, thermostat in his office so he can shut the air conditioning off at game time because it's yeah. an advantage to them. Yeah, and he said that today in the uh, press conference that that's what he hopes might happen uh, in the Dome coming up. So uh, we're off and running here. Show brought to you, as always, by Marriott Syracuse Downtown. We'll be here until 3 o'clock. If you'd like to chime in by phone, you can do it at 315-437-7644-315-4ESPN. 44. I wanted to ask you before you go to break, what what is your takeaway from this game now in looking at the complete season? Where do you think this this win will rank? You know, the way I look at it right now is I don't think this is going to be the win everybody is making out to be at the end of the season, but I do think this team is going to get wins that well, are better than this. I like a Louisville or a Boston College maybe. That will be better at the end of the season. You know, I, I still stand by this. Florida State has Florida State players. There's nothing to be ashamed about, you know, for winning this. Florida State's not having a great start to the year for sure. Uh, there's some issues with their coaching change. They didn't play well. Syracuse outplayed them in really every respect in the game on Saturday. It's a legitimate win. Will Syracuse beat a ranked team this year? I don't know about that, but this is a this counts as a quality win and a momentum builder, and it gets you halfway to bowl eligibility. The whole point is that it can't be like the Virginia Tech and the Clemson win were the one hurrah that stands out and is not followed up upon. And I don't think it will be in that case this year, most notably because you right away immediately have a game where you're heavily favored. That hasn't been the case in these other games. Could they lose to Connecticut? Yeah, but it's not probable. Syracuse has better players across the board. Connecticut is young, freshman. They have not been very good for the last couple of years, and they've not been good this year. Uh, so it would be a, a major upset and major disappointment to lose this week. Now you're 4-0. You're going to Clemson, who's awesome, and that's obviously a tall order. Now you're looking at 4-1 regroup, uh, go to Pittsburgh, North Carolina, NC State. That is that middle portion of the schedule that is extremely important and that's where this story of this season will be told. Boston College is a really good team, and it's the last game of the year. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see at that point if there's still what there is to play for, um, but that's a, a ways off. So we'll get into that as we continue. Donovan Darius back this weekend for part of that uh, 96, 97, 98 uh, Syracuse team reunion will join us. His Jacksonville Jaguars got a big win yesterday, so all good stuff with him. We'll get to that as we continue in the booth, your questions and comments ahead on the show as well. You're listening to In the Booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. 
Welcome back in the booth and welcome for the first time to our friends in Utica listening today on ESPN Utica. They're new to carrying uh, this hour-long program, so we thank them for that. And hello to everybody out there in the Mohawk Valley and I hope you'll uh, continue to uh, check in and chime in. You can join the show at any time at 315-4ESPN44. That's 315-437-7644. We're also pleased to have on the show, I believe for the first time, Donovan Darius, former Orange and Jacksonville Jaguars safety who uh, was back this weekend i just missed you don i was hustling my way into the dome you were heading the other way and didn't have uh, a chance to say hello but then i uh, saw you pop up on the uh, the video board and i hope you enjoyed yourself no i did enjoy myself it was a great game to be back for you know fortunately we also had for the first time i guess almost 20 years we had a classes of 97 98 and 99 the biggest champ football teams we had about 70 guys come back for a reunion, so that was a perfect game to come back for, especially you know with the end result on the field. We used your uh, you and Keith Bullock as the answer to a trivia question uh, to give away tickets mm-hmm. uh, last week uh, in 1998. There were two first round draft picks, and uh, only time that's happened in program history two first round picks in, in the same year, and so much talent on the field back in those days. And and I know now you're all just guys, and everybody's on equal footing, and you just like to to see one another. But I, I'll bet. You look fondly on those times, uh, and you're one of the guys who did go on to an excellent uh, NFL career, but people always say they remember college maybe the most in terms of what the games meant and the camaraderie. I think, yeah, most definitely. You think about it. You go from boys to men. I mean, that's one of the greatest advantages and, you know, the most impactful thing about college because you're coming in from all different parts of the country, different backgrounds, and you come together and you go through the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, and for us to all come back, it was like as if we never left. But at the end of the day, so I remember hearing somebody say, man, it's interesting because guys have had long careers, and now we're coming back and seeing one another. And so it was, very, it was great. It was great to see the guys uh, that you fought with, that you cried with, that you, just, you, you played with, whatever. Uh, it just goes to say, man, at the end of the day, and this is for, just for all your listeners too, remember this, this is a side note. You know, when people on their la- on their last breath, man, they never say, "I wish I had another deal." I wish I had a larger bank account. They say, "You know what? I wish I spent more time with the people, you know, that that I love and I spent, you know, that, that I really care about." And so, uh, that was another reminder. We lost a couple guys in the last few years that was in those classes: Scott Karen and, and uh, Bill O'Donnell. And so, Karen and Bill O'Donnell. And so, it just really reminds you, man, to really maximize the present and the people that that, that you care about. Yeah, if people missed it, when uh, you guys went out on the field for a, a group picture, that was mm-hmm. Bill O'Donnell's mom, right, in his jersey? Yeah, And yeah, uh, the Kiernan family was represented as well. Yeah, that was, like I said, that was great. And you couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better play on the field from those guys, especially, you know, Coach Dino, uh, you know, Babers, he's doing a tremendous job there, uh, just really bringing the program back. It's been a while since they've been as successful and, and just really had that momentum as they had out there. And so uh, for us to come back, be a part of that type of environment, uh, it was something also for to see the guys, you know, the, the active players. And, know, here are the guys that actually built this program and had consistent success. And this is what Coach Baber has been talking about. And so for even for me to get a chance to talk to the team on Friday uh, after their walkthrough, uh, they got a chance to could put a name to a face and then also understand and believe that, listen, this is possible. It's happened, and then we can actually re- reinvent it and do it 
you know, in their own time frame as well. Donovan Darius is our guest, the pride of Camden, New Jersey, hard-hitting safety, even a long snapper people will remember uh, for Syracuse. You, you don't see, <laughs> well, that's uh, a trivia question. That, that's, that's a, a good question. I get it. I ask all the time, what position did I start uh, outside of safety in college for, for three years? And that, nobody usually, usually get it, you know, but – were you on the field? The other one, so that's a trivia question. Were you on the field as a long snapper before safety? No, it was the same. No, it was around the same time. Okay. Around the same time, uh, we actually had a matter of fact. I'm question. Matter of fact, I think I did get some reps before I was ever an official safety because my redshirt freshman year, I was a special team and then third down guy, and then I would come in periodically to long snap. But then those next three years, I was a long snapper and safety, you know, full time. I'm pretty certain that we haven't seen anybody wearing uniform number 20 uh, snapping long uh, before or since. But uh, Donovan Darius is our guest. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Donovan, your kind of post-football career now is motivational speaking. So how would you say it went with the guys on Friday? First of all, anybody who's been around football as much as you, it's an honor just to be asked to speak to a team like that. No, it is. It is. And I I know how it is for a coach because I've coached. I understand how it is you know, to lead a company and a team and, you know, and, and lead some young young guys as well. I mean, you want to be very strategic with who you have come before them, the messaging and everything. So I was honored that Coach Babers uh, had asked me and allowed me to speak to the guys. And I just thought it, I just thought it went well. My, my message to them was very short, and it was basically about being obsessed with your passion. See, my passion had everything to do with this vision that I had to provide a very, better situation for my family, you know, myself and in the community and those people that are around me. And so that drove what I did, how I did it, why I did it. And so I just told him the same thing, man, whatever that vision is for you guys, whatever you set out for this season, whatever you set out for tomorrow, man, hold on to that and do whatever you got to do to make it happen. And when you do that, when you persevere, you keep going, you know, the results will take care of themselves. And so uh, it was great to see them do that in action. And, of course, they don't need me to say anything to them. you got a coach like Coach Babers who will definitely give a, a you know, a, a viral video that can go all across the world after a, ter- a tremendous win like that. So uh, still early in the year, but uh, this team is uh, now 3-0 and and uh, a chance to be 4-0, and which would be the first time since even before your era, Donovan. 1991, Coach P's first year is the last time the Orange were uh, 4-0, and which is what they would be if they can beat Randy Edsel's bunch on uh, – Saturday when when UConn comes in, were you able to uh, watch the game closely enough to have an observation on the team? Well, I did. I mean, of course, outside of talking to the guys, I was able to see the plays uh, that they made. Uh, I thought that was a very physical game. And I know that was Coach's message to the guys. You have to be physical. Uh, It starts up front and it goes from there. And I just felt that it was a very physical game. Of course, nobody can match that pace that the offense that, that they run. Uh, averaging about 80 to 85 plays a game. I just know the longest – I just know when I played, the most plays that I, that I had was against Boston College uh, in the Dome. It was 110 plays. And I know how tired I was, and you had to dig deep. And for our offense to demand that every single week, 85, 90 plays, I just can imagine uh, in a place – like the carry Dome, where it's known for its air condition, but not on game day. <laughs> uh, how a pony teams can can feel? Yeah, that's uh, been kind of the theme of our show uh, here early. We'll get back to that w- once we turn you loose, but we can't turn you loose, Donovan, without uh, patting you and Doug Marone and company on the back. The Jags are two and zero, huge win yesterday against the Patriots. Uh, maybe the best that Blake Bortles has ever played, and you had a pretty good weekend, man. 
I tell you what, man, I told I told my wife, I said, Hey baby, wherever we go, we winners, man. You know, so I said, and I said, you're, you're, you're the key link. You know, you went with me up to Syracuse, they won. You was at the stadium yesterday, they won. So wherever they need to go, man, they need to call us up and bring you around, baby, so you, so we can win. But that was a tremendous game yesterday. Amazing. You couldn't imagine. It was 107 degrees on the field. The temperature was 97. It felt like 107. It was so hot. Um, but again, you know, the, the Jaguars were on fire. I mean, you look at it. They finished the game. That was probably the most aggressive and uh, productive four-minute drill I've ever seen the Jaguars ever play. You know, I mean, they were passing the ball. They actually took some shots in the four-minute drill. No doubt. Uh, I, I, just, two of them, really, yeah, right? Was, there was, was the one up. It was amazing. So they never put, took their foot off the throttle. And that's what you got to do. I mean, you can't just start three quarters. You got to be able to finish. I forget where that possession actually began, Donovan, but uh, didn't they go backwards on the first play? And then the second was yeah. uh, they flipped it up the right sideline for about 30 yards and got out and then yeah. uh, and then went deep down the field later in the game. It uh, must be fun when – not often they have the opportunity, but when you're up comfortably against the Patriots, uh, that must be awfully fun. And, and uh, well, you yeah. can see it yeah, in – uh, It is fun, but you also can remember, too, <laughs> hey, Atlanta was up, right? Right. Five points. And so you know that team has the ability to come back. You're in an odd space, and for you to close it, I think yesterday really did something great for the team to build their confidence and their ability to close out great opponents. Well, we could see the smirk on uh, Nathaniel Hackett's face yesterday. He uh, got loved up on the national broadcast by Tony Romo quite a bit. And so a good time to be a Jaguar, good time to be Orange, and uh, Donovan Darius is both. And we thank you for your time, my friend. And maybe we'll catch up again here because those uh, Jags look like they might be loaded uh, to maybe run into the Patriots again in the AFC playoffs. I say AFC championship game here in Jacksonville. You heard it from me first. Well, that'd be great. And uh, be <laughs> happy for you and uh, for Coach Marone and Coach Hackett and, and that crew too. So uh, maybe uh, something with Coach Coughlin, I guess, as well. So uh, we'll yeah, see how yeah. that all comes uh, together later in the season. So uh, good to have you up here this week and uh, continued success to you, all right? Thank you, man. You guys have a good one. All, all right, right, that's Donovan Darius, the uh, former Orange great first-round NFL draft pick and pro bowler and a good dude who's uh, given back to the the people around him and big weekend for those people that uh, have the shared allegiances between Syracuse football and uh, Jacksonville Jaguar football and there's a few of them just and you look at those even if you didn't count Nate Hackett you got coach Marone coach Coughlin and uh, Donovan Darius all uh with big positions with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars more to come as we continue in the booth, what was a caller there earlier? We had to turn loose. You're welcome to fire back at 315-437-7644 for ESPN 44. Do we care is next on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Welcome back in the booth. Good to have you along. And a special hello again to our friends listening in Utica for the first time today. Of course, you could be listening for the first time wherever you may be on the app or even around uh, anywhere here in central New York, you can call us at 315-437-7644 for ESPN 44 show brought to you by the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Before we get to do we care, we'll go to the phones quickly. Welcome in Frank from East Syracuse. Hello, Frank. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I was, I'm doing well. Thank you. I, I caught your, uh, your open statement about, you know, people talking about the temperature in the dome and everything. It's, it's uncanny to me that, how hot would it have been if the score was juxtaposed and Florida State was winning 30-7? to 7. It's hot in the dome when you go in the dome when it's 75 out. And people uh, got to understand, you go to the game to watch the game, and, and 
the environment's going to be what it is. You know, they they clamor about getting a winning team up here, yet they 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 uh, they complain about the the most minute things. Syracuse beat Florida State Saturday, and I think I was at the last game that they beat Florida State. <laughs> I'm old enough to have been there. It was 50 years ago, yeah. and I believe uh, I'm I'm sure it was at Archbold Stadium, and I'm sure that Floyd Little was in the backfield. I'm not sure if Zanka was, but Florida State had a, uh, a wide receiver. You guys can check it out. I think his name was either Ron or Rob Sellers, a first-team All-American. point was they, they thrashed Florida State, and it was a big win, just like this one was. Uh, you know, this is it's wonderful to see when you go back as far as I do, and you can remember those days back in the day. Uh, when when they had huge victories and we've had them you know earlier than back 50 years ago but this is what this is the building block right here and I hope that people will come out and watch Connecticut I know they're not a, a big powerhouse but irrespective of that you go four and0 and you got you got some mojo work and then uh, who knows what can happen at Clemson it's only building confidence every one you get I enjoy your show I hope you have a good one thank you Matt very good Frank uh, got on a roll there I appreciate it. And uh, you know my my thing on the the dome atmospheric conditions are look you can't do anything about it you know going in the thing that can be done about it at long last forty years in the making is being addressed and there will be a day in the not too distant future where the dome will be just like the mall okay that's so let's just stipulate that what I'm saying is I, I'm turned off that it's people's first observation not that you know Syracuse just beat a major power that had lost to 10 times in a row. They've got every right to be 4-0. Uh, they got things kind of rolling here right now. That, to me, ought to be the first thing on on people's mind, not so much the dome uh, you know, in terms of the, the condition of it. But what I'm getting at with the conditions, the conditions actually are a positive. And we'll hear Dino Babers on that in a bit. You, uh, you think that the dome's hot now? I have had the honor of working Jim Beheim's basketball yeah. camp in the middle of the summer, and those kids... That is a hot dome. And by the way, wait till you know you actually start drawing fans the way you're supposed yeah. to. Right? I mean, the attendance of the last game was thirty-seven thousand. There's been times when it's been forty-seven thousand. Hope we get to that again, where the crowd is regularly in that neighborhood. That's what you want it to be. Well, it'd be that much more loud, stressful, heat, sticky, etc. That's what you're trying to create. That and that's what makes it an intimidating environment. When, when, absent of all those things, it's not really an intimidating environment. It doesn't have to be. Uh, the One of the things about the Dome is it's sort of better per capita. You know, if there's only 30 to, let's say, if there's 30, there's 35, if there's 40,000 people in there, that's the loudest that 35,000 sound anywhere else in the country because of the concrete and the roof and, and you know, the, all of those advantages. Now what I'm talking about is you can take advantage, you're taking advantage of, of some of those things. You're making a, a positive out of a negative, et cetera. So um, lots of room for improvement there, and, and hopefully uh, people understand at least what they're dealing with right now. My The one thing I will not miss about the heat in the Carrier Dome is it's not anything to do with football. It's in basketball season when it's really cold out and snowy and they have to melt the roof off the top of the ice yeah. and you got a basketball game and it's you know in the mid-'80s. That's when the heat bothers me. I'd still pay tickets to go to any ISU basketball or football game. So, well, there you go. That's just my take. You get paid to go. We got to make you pay. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing, tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. All right, here's Tommy. 
Florida State fans are very upset with Willie Taggart and what he has done with the program so far. They have gone as far to create GoFundMe pages to raise money to buy out his contract. Well, there's a lot of things uh, going on here. First of all, they obviously are crazy. It's premature. They've lost two games. They didn't look very good. They've not uh, started off very well. It's also why you don't want to make coaching changes if you can have it. The same people are starting GoFundMe pages here were giving Jimbo Fisher a hard time or making it less than comfortable for him to be there or wanted him out. And all Jimbo Fisher did was win 80% of his games in the national championship. Be careful what you wish for. Trust me that if you hire a competent coach and you know Willie Taggart, to me, the, the track record is not super significant. I don't know if he's a good coach or not. But when you do have one, you got to hang in there on them or it's not going to work for anybody. And the, the list of examples is longer than we have time for now. Um, I thought they made a couple of really boneheaded type things that would look like they were poorly coached on that day. The the idea of taking a delay a game on the first play of a possession is crazy, and they almost did it. They did it once for sure, and almost two other times. Um, so they've got a ways to go. Their offensive line is in tough shape. But Willie Taggart was the guy that when Syracuse visited South Florida a couple years back, he was a game away from having signs in his front yard and and being fired. A game, and he turned it around against Syracuse in that game. Wound up winning in a blowout, and the rest is history. It, it has made uh, his career. So stop it. Fund something that's uh, more in need. What they did at the end of the first half also was horrible clock management. But it, it's it's Although three people, games. They in. had no timeouts. Yeah, you know, people are saying, "Why didn't they take a timeout?" It did say, you know, yeah. some, they must have screwed up on the scoreboard that it said one timeout. I'm pretty yeah. certain they had no timeouts. Now they didn't get out of bounds either, yeah. so they 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 did blow it. Yes. As of yesterday afternoon, these GoFundMe pages were not very successful. There was yeah. $10 combined raised. Good. Through, from eight uh, accounts? From eight <laughs> accounts, $10 that's, that's raised. That sounds like a bot at work. And <laughs> but here's, and not to get all uh, political or, you know, I like sports, don't get me wrong. You know, I open up the mailbox this week and there's Time Magazine and the cover. They've got several different ones, but it's all about how teachers don't make enough money. And when, any schmuck who's spending money on a fire Willie Taggart account <laughs> that, uh, you know, and then can look with a straight face at teachers and education that are underfunded is a clown. Fair enough. Uh, another, another head coach under fire, but not for things on the field is urban Meyer. He has released now another statement, which acknowledges that his actions when handling his assistant coach or former assistant coach, Zach Smith, uh, damaged the reputation of Ohio State, the football program, and the university. So he is now, uh, he, he hasn't been able to really keep his mouth shut since being fired, or not fired, but suspended at Ohio State. Yeah, no, no kidding. I'm, I'm sick of this one, and no kidding that it damaged the reputation. That's, mm-hmm. it's still, it's not what it's about. And I don't want to react uh, to Urban's comments today without actually seeing them in context myself. My understanding is that his weekly press conference that all these coaches do on Monday or Tuesday and, and Dino Babers, you know, today was routine. In 15 minutes, he walks out the room. My understanding is that Urban Myers was an hour long today. He got into some of these things. He did the uh, extensive interview with Tom Rinaldi of ESPN that aired over the weekend. Um, he just keeps stepping in at one time after another. And uh, I think they underdid it with the suspension. I thought it'd be a year. I, I could see him maintaining his job if they suspended him a year. Uh, even with this, it was kind of a half-assed three-game deal. He was the coach during the week, not on game day. It's really not much of a punishment, and he doesn't sound like he really felt like he should have been punished at all, and he doesn't sound very 
uh, contrite in the whole deal. And so I think he's obviously trying to move on from it, but it's going to be difficult for him. And NFL kickers yesterday, they were they were under the heat as well. 19 missed kicks for all the NFL kickers combined, including uh, PATs. One of them that was really on the spotlight was the Browns kicker, Zane Gonzalez, who missed a field goal and extra point in the fourth quarter, uh, an extra point that would have given him the lead in the fourth quarter. Yes, it may not have given him the win since the Saints were able to go down the field and, and kick a field goal to win it, but still, it was just a very Browns thing to have an extra point to go ahead and, and not make that. But the funny thing was, a lot of people were trying to tweet at Zane Gonzalez, and they ended up tweeting a different Zane Gonzalez. The Zane Gonzalez that a lot of people were tweeting was a grad assistant baseball coach at the University of Rio Grande. So they just were not be able to find that correct uh, Twitter account. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine how big of a tool you are to tweet at a pro athlete or, or college or anybody, anybody really. Pro athlete, college athlete, high school athlete. Um, I understand the Browns are hurting and they, he's not trying to miss the kicks. He, now it's coming out a little bit more that may he, maybe he was injured. He obviously underperforms. It's very clear they're going to let him go. I'm sure you talk about uh, Vontae Davis quitting You know the Bills at halftime. I'm sure he wanted to right then and there, look it, I'm not even going to fly back with the team, pack up my stuff, I'll go into another line of work or Canadian League or, or try to get another job with another team later in the year. But that's the business of kickers, uh, kickers and punters for that matter, right? I was nervous for Riley Dixon last night. Every time he kicks the ball for the Giants, you're thinking all it takes is one bad game for these guys, and they are gonzo. Particularly with Dan Bailey on the market, he's uh, one of the best all-time kickers in the NFL. So all these guys that are missing could be uh, easily replaced by him if the uh, financials work out right. But I feel for that Zane Gonzalez. He had a terrible game. I see where even LeBron James, you know, puts out on social media. Are you kidding me, man? With a with a picture. Um, enough. It's sports, it's competition, it's uh, human performance, it's bound to go wrong at some point, and the whole idea of tweeting at a guy, let alone the wrong guy, is ridiculous. Bernie Bickerstaff is uh, among the famous alumni from University of Rio Grande. Okay. I just thought I'd lob that out. I like that. Everybody else had no idea who they are. Couldn't tell you what any of them The Harvard of the Heartland? (laughs) Yeah. Bevo Francis was also. Is that right on the border, University of Rio Grande? Yeah, I think the SU women played him a couple of years ago. That was uh, that was uh, Rio Grande, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, which may well be the same yeah. thing for all I know, but I, I don't think so. We saw the two kicks in the uh, Packers and Vikings games in overtime that would have won it. Both were missed. I mean, the kicking well, yesterday in the NFL was... Mason Crosby's one of the best kickers you know, up there, he's been a regular uh, Pro Bowl caliber, excellent kicker. He made it, but there was yeah. an icing uh, timeout, and then he missed on second effort. I got news for you. 54-yard field goal is not that easy, you know, and so he's going to make a lot of them, make a higher percentage than most, but he missed again, you know. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, he's more the Vikings kicker, but yeah. I apologize to the Bevo Davis F- Francis family, I mean. Two-time <laughs> one hundred points. Now that we're on in Utica, they're listening. <laughs> Two-time one hundred point scorer in NCAA games. Really? Bevo Francis holds the record for no most relation points to Bevo the of University of Texas mascot. One hundred and thirteen. Who was that against? If if for Rio Grande is lighting somebody with one dude uh, scoring one thirteen. I got a. Now you're making me dig. God, pre- God forbid you do anything over there, Polly, or break a sweat. It's a lot of reading. Yeah. Sorry. I'm never going to find that. Uh, I'll have to come back with it. Well, that'll be scintillating radio. <laughs> we'll That's be back tease, with the uh, career, career highlights of 
Bevo Davis. <laughs> Francis. Bevo Francis. Francis. Not to be confused with the other Bevos. He he scored. Uh, he averaged forty-eight points a game. He scored one hundred and thirteen in a he single game. He was the Pete game. Maravich of his generation. Uh, one hundred and thirty-eight against Faith Baptist Bible College. Uh, you know, I always wondered that. Like, you see when these huge. If if anybody really ever felt badly about doing that, like you see these huge numbers and stats, like when Grinnell puts one ninety on somebody, it's on like a seminary school. So you've got these guys that are ballers playing against just six dudes that are going to go be priests or ministers somewhere that just want to play basketball for a bit of a workout, and they get train wrecked in these games. That guy that uh, uh, Braden Bayer played with at Grinnell, the Jack Taylor, whatever his name is, that scored 138, it was against like so-and-so seminary. Like, do you feel guilty about that at all? Like, these people, they're going to go out and they're, you know, going to go be pillars of their community, and you're just kicking the wrong people. He he dumped 82 points on Bluffton College. (laughs) Bluffton was weak that year. An alliance. And then there was the GoFundMe page for the Bluffton coach to get get him out of there. Of course, it would take about $25 to buy him out. All right, thank you, Tommy. No problem. Back in a bit on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back to uh, start to spin it forward here, bring it around from home on this uh, first day of the week. We'll have Cameron Lynch and Adam Terry the next couple of days in their regular spots. Adam uh, has offered to try to get a counterpart of some of these other schools uh, involved, and uh, we might have a UConn representative later in the week, so uh, looking forward to that. Joe Morris and some other things uh, happening in the weekend. Wanted to get to the sound from uh, Coach Babers from his press conference today. Uh, basically in line with what I'm talking about is, yeah, I understand it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, myself included, on game day. these It's really just a couple games, right? These two games that might happen in September. It can be steamy and gross in the Dome, but for the team, it's just the way they want it. What is that thing called, a thermostat? How come you can't have a thermostat in a Dome? You're like, if you want it 66, put it on 66. If you want it 90, turn it to 90, you know? Uh, no, I think you guys are going to get air conditioning. I think it's going to be nice and cool in there. I'll probably go in there and shed some tears, but... Uh, I think we're giving up a fantastic home field advantage because I love the dome the way it is. Born in Hawaii, grew up in Southern California. I think it's perfect in there. And the coaches before him would say the same thing, and they didn't run the uh, up-tempo offense and and try to ground out opponents uh, the way this is happening here. In terms of the overall atmosphere, let's say irrespective of heat and humidity, but the way that people are thinking about the program, the way it's being treated and consumed right now, it's a good thing, and Winning a game like this incentivizes its continuing. I just hope we can keep that energy, keep that enthusiasm. I heard the quad was jumping. I was with the team trying to get ready for the game, but I heard the, it was something that was quite a sight to see what was going on in the quad. And if we can keep that energy and keep that, uh, uh, that atmosphere for home games, I think it'll be really outstanding. I think it'll be really cool. I think there's going to be a late summer t- based off the temperature around here that looks like uh, we're going to push winter back a little bit. Now, hold on. It's probably going to be a nice, thick winter with all the weather we're getting, but hold off and go into the lake for, for a week, and let's see if we can fill up the dome one more time, and you can have those away games to go off to the lake. Well, and the uh, start time for the Clemson game is at noon. 
That's uh, the next road game. It's an ABC game, so you can take ABC Red on your boat with the rabbit ears if that's what you want to do out at the lake or at your camp. And uh, it'll be over early enough, 4 o'clock. You can still go and have the sunset on the lake and, and all those good things. But uh, looking to see people in the building this coming Saturday, a 4 o'clock start against a Connecticut team that uh, has really put up very little resistance against its opponents uh, so far, Boise State most notably, but they are one and two. See you tomorrow, everybody. We'll have Cam Lynch starting at 2 o'clock.